Good afternoon. This is Cato Daily Podcast with your host, Anastasia Yaglova. Today is Wednesday, April 11th. After the U.S. launched two dispute settlement cases with China over intellectual property rights protection and market access at the WTO on Tuesday, China's response was harsher than usual, saying it would seriously damage bilateral cooperation and harm business ties. Is a trade war with China at hand? Associate Director of the Center for Trade Policy Studies, Dan Eikenson, thinks that's awfully pessimistic. The U.S.-China trade relationship isn't looking too cozy these days. Do you agree? I think the U.S.-China trade relationship is very healthy. Two-way trade has increased significantly. U.S. businesses are doing very well there. U.S. exports have increased by 32 percent, 2006 over 2005, which is a rate nearly double what our exports grew to other countries over that period. But politically, there's a lot of pressure on the relationship. I think it stems from the fact that we do have a very large trade deficit with China. The Congress has been putting constant pressure on the administration to get tougher with China, to compel them to raise the value of their currency, to rein in alleged unfair trade practices, subsidization, and other issues. Over the past eight weeks, there have been three WTO cases filed and one administrative action here by the Commerce Department imposing preliminary countervailing duties on Chinese paper products, which have been perceived by many in the public and certain policymakers that we are entering a trade war with China. But in fact, I think that this is part and parcel to our developing relationship with China. Bringing cases in the WTO is the appropriate venue, the appropriate approach to take. I think we will actually get a lot of what we want. It is within the rights of the United States to bring the cases that it is bringing right now. China has been a member of the WTO for over five years, and it has worked hard to live up to the commitments it made when it joined. And it's done a pretty good job, but it is failing in some areas. And that's what many of these cases are about, the subsidy case and the intellectual property case, as well as the market access case. In the two complaints that were just filed with the WTO, what are the allegations that China faces? The first involves intellectual property rights violations, and the second involves market access impediments to U.S. copyright industry-oriented products. The IPR case has been in the works for many, many years. The previous two USTRs were collecting evidence to try and make the case that China is somehow dishonoring its obligations under what's called the TRIPS Agreement, the trade-related aspects of intellectual property. I have the feeling that the trade representative isn't all that convinced that this case is winnable. Under the TRIPS agreement, countries are required to offer some minimum threshold of intellectual property protection, and they're also required to apply those laws the same way to their domestic companies as they would to foreign companies, and to treat all foreign companies the same way. In other words, they're honoring two cornerstone principles of the WTO. One is national treatment, and other is most favored nation. The Chinese have laws on the books, and the question is, are they above that bare minimum or not? And are the Chinese enforcing their laws adequately? I think it's a very difficult thing to prove. Of course, we've heard quite frequently that there are intellectual property rights violations in China, that it costs U.S. industry billions of dollars. That is probably the case. There is probably a loss of business as a result of such violations, but it's common in developing countries. I think bringing the market access case was somewhat of a hedge for the USTR because if, in fact, the United States doesn't win the IPR case, at least the same industry that will benefit from a victory would be the beneficiary of the market access case as well because that deals with copyright-oriented industries. 
book producers and distributors, CD and DVD, audiovisual, those types of industries. Right now, the allegation is that they are unable to freely import and freely distribute their products within China, whereas other industries are more readily granted the capacity to do so in China. My view, though, is that when a trade dispute is initiated, the first stage is called a request for consultation. The goal of dispute settlement in the WTO is to get the dispute resolved during consultation without need of formal adjudication. I have the feeling that some of these issues will be resolved at that stage. The Chinese right now, within their intellectual property law, they have minimum threshold rules, which means that they are allowed to have up to a certain number of pirated copies in their store. And if they have below that threshold, they can't be prosecuted. Or if they produce pirated materials but don't distribute them, they also are immune from prosecution. Another complaint of the United States is that pirated goods taken at the border are often just stripped of their labels and then reintroduced into the commerce of China. So I, I see several areas where the Chinese can say during the consultation phase, all right, we will give you this, we will give you that, and we will change our regulations and our rules with respect to these issues. And the United States might be willing to take that and therefore drop the case. It's a matter of really what the copyright industries in the United States are looking for, what kind of compensation they're looking for, and whether the Chinese are willing to compromise. I don't think it's in China's interest to allow this case to actually go through dispute settlement because I suspect that the Europeans and other countries would want to get involved as well. And if it goes all the way through and China is found to be violating its commitments, then the WTO could authorize retaliation against China, and that would be problematic. But you know, what really gets me about this intellectual property dispute is that intellectual property rights are murky even in the United States. So isn't it unfair to go after China on something we haven't even settled for ourselves? Certainly you see IP violations on the streets of Washington. You, know, you can go to one of those hot dog vendors and you can probably buy a fake Rolex watch there as well. The TRIPS agreement became part of the WTO after the Uruguay round. The agreement recognizes the lack of uniformity of intellectual property laws around the world, emphasis on the need for those kinds of laws, but the TRIPS agreement does specify that each country should provide a minimum threshold of property protection. I believe this is the first WTO dispute involving the TRIPS agreement, and it's going to be somewhat murky as to what the burden of proof is going to be and how much deference the WTO panel, if it gets that far, will give to the Chinese authorities. So presumably, the WTO is rooted in a culture of granting deference to national authorities because it doesn't want to usurp sovereignty. And typically, as long as the laws are being applied equally to Chinese companies as well as U.S. companies and other companies around the world, it's hard to find that they are doing something violative of their commitments. What kind of risks are we taking by antagonizing China at this point? You know, I don't think that there are a whole lot of risks associated with going to the WTO. It would certainly be more risky if we acted unilaterally, if we just allowed the Congress to pass punitive laws, such as a 27.5% tariff against China, or laws that would strip China of its most favored nation status. That, is, to me, is the bigger risk. And that, to me, is one of the reasons that these cases have been filed this year. The administration is trying to keep Congress on the sidelines. Congress is very interested in hitting China over the head. These cases have been telecast to China. They've known that they were coming. I'm sure you will hear some Chinese officials saying that this is unfair and that the United States is going too far and they're pushing us and they're being belligerent. Well, the fact is China has benefited considerably from its membership in the WTO. 
It does need to play by the rules. If countries have problems with one another, what better way is there to resolve disputes than within the good graces of a multilateral institution where everybody needs to honor the same rules? So I just think that China recognizes that we are in a new phase of the relationship. The former USTR, Robert Zellick, called on China to become responsible stakeholders. And the USTR's office recently released a new policy with respect to China, suggesting that the honeymoon period is over and we are going to expect greater accountability commensurate with China's economic weight. So I think this is all sort of consistent with that, and there are really no surprises for China. But what if Congress jumps the gun? How unpalatable would a congressional reaction right now be? I think it's important that we keep Congress out of the game right now. Certainly there is a lot of pressure on the Treasury Secretary to compel China to raise the value of its currency. There's been a lot of pressure on the administration to bring cases against China in the WTO. Here they've done that. If you go to thomas.gov, one of the legislative websites, and you enter in the search terms China and trade, you will see over 100 pieces of legislation that have been introduced. Most of those bills purport to punish China for actions or inactions. One of the side benefits of using the WTO to resolve these disputes is that it will show overzealous members of Congress that there are alternatives to what they are thinking about. And if this is all resolved amicably, the trade relationship will continue to grow and be beneficial for people on both sides of the Pacific as well as all over the world. This is a very strong relationship. I think these new cases are just sort of a rite of passage. I've heard people in the press, a lot of media reports suggesting that these are the first shots of a trade war. I really beg to differ. I don't think that is what we're in store for. I think there's just too much at stake for that to be the end result. All right. Thank you, Dan. A new book, David's Hammer, The Case for an Activist Judiciary, is now available from the Cato Bookstore by constitutional litigator Clint Bolick. The book challenges the conventional wisdom that lawless activist courts are a threat to Republican government. In fact, the book contends that, for better or worse, only a vigorous judiciary can enforce the limits on executive and legislative action, protect constitutional rights, and tame unelected bureaucrats. <laughs> 